Today, we are talking about bootstrapping your business, something near and dear to both Kelly's and my heart. We are joined by a fellow bootstrapper, Isaac Bowen, founder and CEO of Lightword, to discuss his journey building two apps, Locksmith and Mechanic. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly. Let's say I can't write code, but I want to create workflows that carry out repetitive tasks automatically. So that way I can focus on my business and create great customer experiences. What would I use? I recommend Mesa, a no-code workflow builder for any action your customer takes. You can use Mesa's built-in features to extend your connected apps, set up email notifications, receive forms, schedule tasks, delay workflows, and much more. Developers like me also love Mesa because we can lift the hood on any automation to customize for total control. Okay, I'm in. How do I start? Go to getmesa.com. That's G-E-T-M-E-S-A.com. And their team of automation experts will support you on your journey 24-7. Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business, and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there. Maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client store using Meet A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Neat A-B testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T to start your 14-day free trial. Again, that's try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T. Hello, Isaac. Hello. How are you today? I am fantastic. The sun is shining. I have tea and I'm talking to two wonderful humans. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for joining. Um, It's sunny here and... I know we don't usually talk about the weather because it's super boring, but I just have to say the humidity is finally not like at 80%. (laughs) And I can go outside without immediately starting to sweat. And it is an amazing feeling. I'm very happy for you. I I say that theoretically, like, because I haven't actually walked outside, but (laughs) I assume that's how it works. I assume that's what the outside is like, (laughs) but I don't know for a fact. (laughs) We'll test that later. Cool, cool. So what are you drinking? I know you said you're drinking tea, Isaac. I'm drinking a puer from this little Chinese tea shop in Denver called Kucha, and I love it dearly. And you cannot pry it from my, you can't, you could pry it from my cold den hands, but it would be tough because, <laughs> because it'd be tough. But this is my favorite tea. It's a puer. <laughs> because science. Mm. Because science. Yep. Yep. I'm not drinking tea. Yeah, I was going to say, Kelly's like pounding her third cold coffee of the day. Thank you. <laughs> Well, am I wrong? <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, Isaac, thank you so much for joining us. Who are you? We know you. Who are you? What do you do? Cool. My name is Isaac Bowen. Who am I and what do I do is a question plug that we explore in Empowered Human Academy. Our podcast was not planning on advertising it, but it came up organically. So here we go. Um, 
I'm Isaac Bowen. I have been in the Shopify community for like 10 or 11 years. Um, and actually, maybe I shouldn't say community. I've been doing Shopify apps that long, but it took me until like four years ago to actually go like, oh, hey, other people are building things too, and you're all wonderful. So I've been building things here for a long time, more recently actually connected to the community. Um, I found Shopify to be an extraordinary platform to build things on. We'll talk more about that, I assume. Um, but uh, as, as, as Lightword, um, our company, I think in terms of like one big ongoing experiment, um, I've been I've been lucky enough that my apps in Shopify have done well enough that we can now bankroll other things that we want to try out, like the podcast that just came up. So uh, there's a, there's a direct line there, like the the things that grew slowly and stably that we bootstrapped, foreshadowing um, with Shopify. Those have led to, um, led to the ability to us to or for us to try other things as Lightword. The whole thing is just one big experiment in. If we make every decision with the litmus test being like, does this feel like there's more light at the end of this particular tunnel than this other one? If we only make decisions that way, do we have a viable business? And so far, it seems like we do. So that's what we do. You know, I love that because that's the exact opposite of what we're doing and that you're hmm. bankrolling your podcast from your apps. We're using our podcast to bankroll our new app company. Oh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> That makes me super happy. There's so many ways to put things together. Uh, our app is sponsored by all of our podcast sponsors. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. But I love that, right? Like that's the, that's one of the beauties of, of bootstrapping, which is what we're mm -hmm. going to get into it, is you yeah. then have capital to do what you want to with. And and the, the way we bootstrapped over at Ventov is I consulted and my business partner still worked a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Up until, so I stopped consulting in 2015, but he didn't stop his full-time job until 2017. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. and that's how we bootstrapped. And that's, and I think it's a, it's good to talk about what bootstrapping actually looks like as opposed mm -hmm. to it, because it's, while we can say, oh, I mean, it's, it's awesome once you make it. Yep, it's when you, yep. <laughs> it's when you're still trying to make it where it gets a little tight and you're like, okay, boots, I, a, mm -hmm. let's also acknowledge bootstrapping is not available for everybody. This is, it's, yes. it's definitely coming from a point of privilege. So we're very fortunate, all three of us, um, that, we, that we were able to do that. But B, bootstrapping, while it is fun, it is also very stressful <laughs> yes. oftentimes. Mm. Until you get to a point where it's not stressful anymore. But I feel like that flips. I don't know if that was your experience, but for me, it really flipped. So, so light word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question. Kind of, or you didn't ask a question. All from my perspective in a roundabout kind of way. Um, a, a really core thing for light word is, let's, is, is to feel for the, the balance of... Th I'm, I'm speaking really abstract terms here, but feel for the balance and make sure that we retain it all the time, as much as we can. And, and I, I lead with that because when I was starting the app that became, well, what is now Locksmith, then it was called Gatekeeper. When I was starting things, um, beginning from when we were starting things all the way up to the present day, it's always been about making sure that I can remain as balanced with the next step as I am in the current step. So the time that I was putting into then Gatekeeper was something manageable. And I think it's a, I think it's a particular quirk of the app ecosystem that I can put in a couple of hours here and there, and then those hours serve any number of people who happen to show up and use the app, right? Like it's, it's not like I have to be physically in a store. Um, I think bootstrapping something physical is probably a very different experience than bootstrapping software. Um, but for me, uh, in college, which is where I was when I started this thing, 
putting in just a little bit of time, making sure that that investment was sustainable, building the like smallest, tightest MVP possible, making sure that was usable, and then just slowly layering things on over time. Um, there have absolutely been days when there was overwhelm and there were 50 messages waiting for me and it was already 2 a.m. and I had a day job to go to. 100% that is a thing. Um, but overwhelmingly, my story bootstrapping has been very like stable and slow and I wasn't aiming for any particular heights at any particular time. It's, it's honestly felt very good. And I feel uh, like if I can round up the, the whole decade, I feel pretty rested on the whole, actually. Okay. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, was there a certain turning point or a certain moment where you're like, okay, now it's time to work on another app? Mm. Um, no. Uh, the, I mean, there was a turning point where the finances tilted and I was able to leave um, Apple's where I was working at the time. So that was, that was a turning point. That's where my mind went first. But, but no, there was never like, okay, now it's time to shift focus to something else. And the reason for that is that my particular personality type isn't really about like, okay, what am I doing next? What, what's, what, what do I want to shoot for? I'm bored of this. Let's switch gears. There is some of that. Um, but typically what I'm always doing is, is feeling out for, given everything that I can sense in this environment, what does it feel like wants to come forward at the moment? And how can I, how can I pave the way for that to, to be? And I explain that because when, when I started working on Mechanic, which is the second and only other app that we've built... When I started working on Mechanic, it wasn't because I wanted to go solve something else. So I was casting about trying to find the thing to build. It was because I looked at the Shopify ecosystem and I said, there is something missing here. Like there, there are wonderful APIs to use and lots of problems to solve, but the overhead is too high. And, and I said, okay, well, we have Liquid. Can we apply this to, to, the, to the concept of just like rendering API calls? Is that a thing that we can do? Um, it's the thing we can do, it turns out. So what I was doing wasn't like casting around trying to find something to solve because I wanted another thing to solve. It was from a place of I'm already content. I was just feeling out in the environment saying, okay, what feels like it wants to be birthed here? Like what what's not what's missing, but what wants to exist here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Also, can you teach me how to take on your personality? Because I'm like What's next? What are we doing next? What, what, what now? What now? What now? <laughs> Which is super valuable. Super valuable. I'm married to a person who is more, you know, on that side of the scale. If we if we call it a scale, it's not it's not one dimensional, but um, or two dimensional. Uh, both perspectives are super valuable. And in in marriage to somebody who works a bit more like that, I don't know. I've I've found it to be super productive. Like we've had to learn to think with each other and and sync up. On, not sync up, but like. We've had to develop vocabulary around how we both think about the future. But I think both perspectives are super important. Like, let's begin from contentment um, and, and kind of a, uh, it's not passive, it's not active, just kind of a general sensing for what we feel like wants to happen next. But also, let's be dreaming. Let's be thinking about what is out there in the future that feels really specifically exciting. And as we are kind of organically growing and building and expanding right here, how can we also be bearing that specific future in mind so that we can do something that sounds like fun? I love that. I love that I too. So, so much. <laughs> yeah, that's that is fantastic. So, uh, do y'all work together, or or are do you work in different fields, same fields? What's the story? Abe and me. Sure. So, I'm married. My husband Abe. Happy Pride, everyone. Um, he <laughs> is. Let's see. So we're both. We're both uh, co-leaders of Lightword, I suppose. Um, okay. Like I'm. I'm the principal founder. He showed up in my life several years later. 
um, <laughs> and is now so an important. Did I <laughs> and he vice arrived. versa. And vice versa. <laughs> there was fanfare, yes. Um, the curtain was pulled back, and behold, there was Abe. And <laughs> kind of how it worked, actually. It's a different story. Um, yes, we're, so, we're both super active in Lightword and returning to the language of an experiment. Um, like, this is just where we do all of our experiments, right? And, and Abe has, all, for example, Abe has always had a heart for um, rising leaders. Um, starting from like leadership camp when he was really young, um, and to to being in a leadership role in those leadership camps. So one one function that Abe is engaged in is this whole arm called Lightword Empowerment, and it's about um, reminding reminding people of the the light and agency that they all contain within themselves. And so the podcast is part of that Empowered Human Academy, like I mentioned. Um, Abe has a has a coaching um, thing that he's evolving. He's he's got one on one coaching relationships with a bunch of clients. Um, and we've got Lightword Together, which is a uh, like kind of a group community function. The idea being that we are all on our specific paths of figuring out who we are and how to release ourselves, right? And so Lightword Together is where we do that as a group and where we all share our journeys and keep in touch. So I mentioned all of that because I interact with all of those things. And on the Shopify side, whenever there's an occasion for people to be in the same place, Abe is also there. And it's super common for us to be at Unite or something in Toronto and for Abe to come back with a list of contacts um, that I met and who immediately fell out of my head. And he'll be the person that maintains <laughs> all of those relationships because his Dunbar limit, the, the theoretical maximum of how many people you can keep in your brain, his Dunbar limit is super high and I can keep track of six people at once. So he's... Like he doesn't have a title in our tech business, but he's a very important part of this. He's kind of like, um, like the I don't know. He's an energy stakeholder. Like he he's deeply in touch with all the people on the team, um, and with people that we speak to at conferences and whatnot. Uh, and he's an important part of how we show up in the world when we're physically out there. So to answer your question in a super brief sentence, um, <laughs> we overlap in each other's work heavily, and we take point in different areas. <laughs> That's, you sound like you balance each other out really well. And you with do. any type of co-leadership or co-foundership or et cetera, mm. co-togetherness, yeah, yeah, it's super important to find someone like that, whether it's a life partner or a business partner where you're just simpatico with one another, where it's like, yes, you share some of the same skills, but you're like, a, the Venn diagram is not a circle. It is actually a Venn diagram. And there's that magic in that overlap, but then also in that. The separateness, the separateness, the separation, the differences. There we go. I can yeah. speak. I promise. <laughs> separateness. Separate. Separate. I'm checking. Yeah. Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? I recommend Gorgeous. Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform that gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Sounds great. What else can it do? With Gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information so you can personalize responses with things like an order or tracking number. This then frees up your time so your support team can focus on complex questions. This sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand loyalty. Where can I learn more? To request a demo, visit commercet.com forward slash gorgeous. That's commercet.com slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. Why don't you tell us about your journey with Locksmith? 
beginning beginning to now. Sounds good. Um, 2009 or 10, somewhere in there. Um, I ever so often I have to look at my commit history and GitHub to find out when this actually was. But I I built a thing called Gatekeeper, and actually the better place to start is I had a friend who had a friend who bought the local music store in my tiny hometown of Rhinelander in northern Wisconsin. And this person, th- this new proprietor, needed a way to uh, allow parents of local elementary school children to open up their website and and purchase uh, instrument rentals. Um, and he wanted to make sure that these instrument rentals were only available for this particular audience. Um, Shopify was a couple years old at that point, but still quite new. And uh, I, as I was casting about trying to find like the right platform to set them up on in the first place, Shopify um, immediately felt like the only offering out there that had clean patterns. I don't remember what alternatives were out there, like PayPal embedded buttons, I think was the other contender. But um, Shopify was the only platform that felt like whoever was behind it had a that they knew to value consistency in their pattern making. Um, it was the only platform that felt sane. And and I'm, I'm dwelling on the subject for, for a minute because my sense of what patterns feel sustainable and like they're going to grow and be alive, maybe in a different way, but still be alive in a couple of years. Like that's, that's a constant thing that I'm feeling for at all times. So I felt it with Shopify. And so I got them onto Shopify and there's just one piece missing, which was how do we reserve part of this content just for a certain audience? And that was where Gatekeeper came into place. And Shopify then didn't have a, a customer model that was um, surfaced in the API. They didn't have a way to sign in with a customer account at that time. Um, and so Gatekeeper was like an entire user permissions layer built out mostly in JavaScript with a, a baby amount of liquid involved. Um, but it was just a way to, at that time, almost entirely on the front end, um, do basic permissioning, make sure that some product, products and collections are only available for people with the right code, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I've been familiar with Locksmith for a very, very, very long time. At what point did you make the switch to rebuild as Locksmith? Uh, it was it was whenever Shopify introduced the customer resource. Um, I can find like the specific, I don't I don't know. It was probably three or four years into. Gatekeeper existing, which puts us at what, like 2012 or 2013, something like that. Okay. Okay. So I probably knew early locksmith then, but not Gatekeeper. I came into Shopify in 2014. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. That Got makes it. sense. Okay. So how have you evolved the app over time? Hmm. That is an interesting question um, because the answer is almost not at all. Um, like there, there, there are changes, but I don't really view them as being super. Um, substantive. And to, to explain my point there, uh, and harkening back to what I said about patterns and choosing patterns that have uh, life in them, I suppose. Um, not to not to like overstate what I'm doing with Locksmith, but the fundamental concept of you've identified a resource, you put a lock on it, you configure some number of keys, each key has a set of conditions on it. Uh, the current visitor qualifies for at least one key. Great, they've opened the lock. They gain access to the resource. Those concepts don't change super much. Um, we've, if anything, what we've done over time is evolve towards greater consistency. Uh, at the very beginning, when I laid those patterns into place, um, there were like I'm human. There are some places where 
um, I, I I was inconsistent in the approach. And I, I actually don't have a specific example, so I'm sorry if that's not helpful, but the, the core concepts of like a resource and a lock and a key and a key condition, those don't ever change. And if they do, we have a different product, I think. So the only thing, like the important thing over time is that this model grows in its ability to address different situations um, and grows in its consistency. I'm saying this poorly. Um, the concept is very simple. Executing a simple thing well over time is uh, can be tricky. And so the idea is that over time, we're honing the product so that it gets closer and closer to what it actually is. And the closer Locksmith gets in uh, to serving its, its core pattern, its core design focus, um, the better it is for everyone. How do I say this in a better way? If we've done our job well, over time, those core patterns don't change, but it becomes easier to apply those in places where they deserve to be applied. Um, take uh, th- There's a mobile app maker right now for Shopify who's, who's working with us on how do we get Locksmith working with mobile apps. And the core concepts of Locksmith make sense here, but because we've built it like just for the online store sales channel. Um, how, how do we? And, and because we've built everything around like Liquid and the context available, you know, in an online storefront Liquid template. How do we begin to think about enforcing these permissions on a mobile app somewhere? So this is the kind of question um, that illustrates what I'm talking about here. We've got the same set of we've got the same pattern: resource, lock, key, key condition. How do we make this work in all the places where it deserves to work? And I feel like that's where the real evolution of Locksmith is over time. Same set of patterns. Those do not change. It's just a matter of making sure that if you can imagine Locksmith working in a specific context, and if that actually makes sense, then we want you to be able to do that. And so we're, we're increasing Locksmith's applicability, maybe, or the viability okay. of the idea that you have with Locksmith over time. Does that make sense? That makes absolute sense. Yes. Okay. And how many people do you now have working on both Locksmith and Mechanic? Six, seven. Okay. Six or seven, I think. Yeah. You sound yeah. like me. You sound like, uh, I'm, like, I'm not I, sure. Yeah, I have no idea. I, it's a terrible thing to say. I, I, don't, I have 13 full-time employees and awesome. I have some number of contractors. <laughs> cool. Cool. Depends on the um, day. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, at, the, at the end of August, we will have nine full-timers spread across locksmith and mechanic and all the things that aren't that but are also part of lightword and are they fully remote uh yes i'm pausing because we uh fun side story uh we just rented a place in california i'm talking to you from laguna beach right now and somebody and somebody that were somebody (laughs) that were hiring in california (laughs) do you live in laguna beach I'm, I'm, I'm staying in Long Beach half time and we're in Orange County all of the time. Okay. We're going to connect offline. Yeah. Def- Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Kelly, you're not invited. <laughs> Kelly, you can come visit us, but you'd have to go outside. So I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it just for you. Okay, I appreciate so, it. <laughs> this is a great start. Okay, so you're in Laguna right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I mentioned that because like uh, one of the persons that we're hiring is for a role that is not related to the tech business whatsoever. Um, and she's a dear, dear friend of ours. And because the relationships that I got at Lightword, like everyone that I that I hire is also somebody that like I, I want to hold close to my heart also. And I, and I mentioned this because the person that we're hiring um, is also going to be like splitting this apartment with us. And that's something that feels like consonant and resonant with 
with Lightword, right? Like it's all an experiment. Why shouldn't this be in bounds? Um, and if it feels aligning for everyone involved, then let's fucking try it and see what happens. So uh, yeah, uh, I don't remember what the original question was, but Lightword. I asked if your team was remote. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most, mostly remote mostly remote we've got people in australia and canada and scattered across the u.s and that's it so far okay so you're very intentional about who you're hiring which incredibly comes clear it's very clear that you are so i imagine managing a remote team for you is probably a little bit different given the stronger relationships you already have with these people possibly um i wouldn't even use the word manage um core also to like Lightword and how we work is the like kind of sacred idea that everybody is a free agent at all times. And if the right thing for you to do tomorrow is to leave Lightword forever, then wonderful. I'm happy that you're making a choice that is right in line for you because that's what I want to build a world out of, right? I want to build a world where everyone has the, the internal permission to make deeply aligned choices. And if we're in a world where that isn't always the case, sometimes it's useful to explicitly give other people that permission also. So one of the things that I do with my team, which I don't really call management, but uh, sure, um, is to remind everybody that, hey, you are entirely in charge of yourself and your health. And actually, like if we're looking at your priority list as a Lightword employee, the number one explicitly charged priority is your own health. And you are the only person who gets to say what that means or what's involved in that or what, or, or, or what to do with that on any given day. Um, and by making sure that everybody understands unambiguously that that is the most important thing, um, I end up with a company that I want to have. Um, not the kind, like, I, I don't give advice anymore. That's not a thing, but I know what I want to build for myself and I know what I, what patterns I want to set in motion around me and back to the experiment of Lightword, right? Like I, I test that here also with my employee relationships and, and how our teams, um, are, are encouraged to operate. And I say encouraged because again, everyone's a free agent and the the organization and communication that arises in our team is very organic and not super structured. Um, there are times when I'll speak with somebody every day or multiple times a day about something and then I won't see them again for two weeks because that's the current cadence of my like one-on-one sync calls. I call them sync calls. They're synchronization calls because um, I want to get in sync with not just what you're doing, but how, like the the energy that you're that you're moving in, and I bring that up because so much of Lightword's function is intuitive, and for us to move intu- intuitively in concert, I need to be in touch with 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 you, like whatever whatever part of yourself you feel like surfacing. But to share intuitive movement means we got to be in touch in more ways than just Trello. Um, and these are some of the things that go into how I manage Lightword. Does that help? Yes. I love, I love having what we just call them one-on-ones, um, with our, with my team, um, you know, having 13 full-time employees means that not everybody reports directly to me. Uh, so I am, I am grand boss to a number of people and, uh, it's my favorite boss. That sounds like from a Nintendo, not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the cutest name. I did not choose it, but I accept it. Um, But I feel like one-on-ones are an important time to not provide feedback. They're an important time to get on the same page of, you know, how 
how are things? Not only just, you know, how is your work going, but how is how are things for you as a human? I, I look forward to my one-on-ones with my team and I, I hope they do too. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. And, and for me, um, making an effort to maintain the through line of bootstrapping here, the, like that kind of conversation um, is, is critical to the bootstrapping path for me. Like the, when I, when I brought in, when I invited in my first collaborator, um, Ken, if you're listening to this, love you, dearly grateful for you. Um, Ken was the first person to join in and I didn't know, um, it's not true that I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> um, but I didn't have like an onboarding plan. There was nothing to onboard into. There was just, I've, I've got more here than I can handle. Can you do you want to help me? And, and would helping me help you also. So having that kind of in touchness um, that again, I love Trello, but again, isn't just based on, you know, let's logically coordinate. Um, bringing our, our mutual humanity, like putting that on the table and saying, cool, can't really specifically or exhaustively define this, but this is an important part of how we work together. So let's mush these humans together and make sure they understand each other um, so that whatever happens next is a product of of alignment of, of our shared understanding of who we are individually and who we are together and all of that plus the context of and also we happen to run a thing called locksmith that has customers what do we do to do with that together and the the challenge is figuring out how to scale that and i'm hesitating because i think there's a problem with the way i pose that in my experience with bootstrapping figuring out like air quotes figuring out isn't always the thing for me. And I, semantics, like different words to mean different things to different people. Um, by figuring out here, I mean, let's lay down all the blocks and try to logically figure out the sequence of events and, 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 and like logically reason around how everything should work. Um, but I mentioned intuition earlier, and I feel like that's a lot of it. And I don't really know how to talk about that, except that I rely heavily on my gut to tell me like where this thing wants to go. Um, as opposed to what my like cerebral cortex thinks should happen next. Um, I don't know. That's that's an important part of bootstrapping for me. Not not saying logically where do I think this goes, but having kind of a sense for if this thing that I've bootstrapped is actually alive, what does it want to evolve into next? Where is its path of growth? Does that make sense? It does. And honestly, I think it applies to entrepreneurship as a whole, whether you're a bootstrap or not. Obviously, when you take on, you know, investments, there are other people who also might decide the direction in which you need to go. So there is definitely more, uh, more freedom that you get. You have, you know, more control of your bootstrap, you own the business, you choose which path you eventually want to take. But I think for me, you know, especially there are these ideas of what scaling is supposed to look like. And you don't have to follow a specific path that people seem to set out for you. Mm-hmm. You choose, or as you mentioned, the business chooses on its own. Like I always, you know, I call my business, my child because my, the business has its own identity. The business has its own attitude. And it also just decides from one day to the next, what it wants to be doing and who it wants to be. So there's an, I'm, I haven't actually announced this yet, but by the time this episode comes out, it will have been announced. Um, I'm taking a one-month sabbatical 
for the month of July. And basically I'm going to sit with the business and be like, all right, who do we want to be next? Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm so happy for for this. (laughs) I've never done, I've never taken that much time off before. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the, the business child um, and for everybody who's involved in it. I feel like that can only end really well. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. But back to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So probably still in line with bootstrapping to a level, but why did you decide to build exclusively on Shopify? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's answer this in a couple different ways. Um, a didn't make the decision going forward. It wasn't like I sat down and say, I didn't sat down and to say, I'm going to build apps and they're only going to be on Shopify. That was never a thing that happened. Um, originally, for the story that I told earlier, I sat down to say, I'm going to help a friend of a friend solve the thing. And Shopify is the best tool for that. And I, they give me, their API gives me enough to work with that I can build the thing that I ultimately want. So that's how it started. Um, to answer the question in a different way, it's actually probably more correct to say that I never decided to take it elsewhere rather than saying I'm going to be Shopify exclusive. That tends to be like consistent with how I think about things. I don't I tend I tend to not rule things out unilaterally. I'll say, cool, that doesn't make sense right now, and then I'll move forward. And maybe I'll say the same thing tomorrow, maybe I won't. Um turns out I've been saying it doesn't make sense to go somewhere other than Shopify for 12 years running or wherever we are at this point. <laughs> Same. So, it's, so yeah, right? Not really a decision to be exclusive. Um, more of a decision... Uh, actually, there's relationship metaphors here. That's a different podcast. Um, not really a decision to be exclusive, um, but instead a decision that everyone is best serve if I, served if I'm here. Um, we've been approached, actually, by other platforms. Um, like every so often, big commerce will say, <laughs> hey, can you come over here, please? I just have no interest in doing so. Love you, BigCommerce. Right now, the things that I've built are deeply informed by my understanding of Shopify's modeling of the world. And those models probably have parallels on other platforms. Um, But what I've made is very specifically informed by the patterns that are running at Shopify. Um, And I feel like going to another platform is, I don't know, I just need a really good reason to do so. And I have yet to run into one. And if I find a good reason, I'll I'll do it. But I haven't yet. And I'm very happy. So here we are. That's a good answer. There's no right or wrong, obviously. But it was a good answer. (laughs) Works for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. It's I've had many of an approach of mm-hmm. would you like to come build over here? And yeah, yeah. many of a thank you, but not right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it keeps I've not right now nine years in a row. So totally. Yeah, I get it. I, I, I get it and I totally understand. So question for you. This is a predictive. If you have a magic ball, what do you think? What do you think the future of commerce is going to look like? Hmm. I mean, my gut response was just better, which is kind of a throwaway response, but also is my is is my like inner conviction that everything is getting better and some things are taking a securitist path to better. But I, I hold a very deep conviction that everything gets better over time. Um, full acknowledgement for the valleys and the troughs that things fall into, and I'm not saying that. The path is ever easy, um, 
but I think things get better over time. And I'm glad to be at Shopify with Shopify around Shopify. Um, this segment not endorsed by Shopify because they, I don't know, I feel very aligned with what they put out into the world in that way. So, very generically speaking, better. You're welcome. Um, more specifically, you know, I don't know. Um, the actually, I think I think the truest way for me to respond to, or for for me to respond here, is to say that this isn't how I think at all. I don't I don't think about the future in in any kind of specific detail. Um, married to Abe the way that I am, I'm I'm learning to speak that language, um, but I don't spend any time trying to predict anything. And going back to something that I said earlier in the conversation, mechanic came into being because I felt like it's what wanted to happen. And that feels a hair different to me, but a very important hair different to me than what do I think is going to happen. Like it's, It felt like mechanic wanted to exist, and so it does now. Uh, but that's different to me looking in crystal ball and saying something like this is going to exist in the future. Um, there are times when I have a strong sense for what wants to happen next. Um, and there are times when I when I don't. It doesn't feel like a lack. It's just like I don't have that sense right now. Um, and I don't have that sense right now in response to your question. Um, not a specific sense. Uh, I may in the future, and that may be why I build something new. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, all that I can really say concretely is that this is a good place to be for me and the people around me. And I like what's happening here. And it feels like it's a part of the, what I believe to be an inexorable draw towards betterness, everything getting better. Um, that's, that's how I would answer that question. I have an easier question for you. Oh, an easier question. Can you tell us about your podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. Empowered Human Academy. Empowered Human Academy, it's, predicated on this idea that we are all deeply free. And I'm not even going to qualify that statement. Um, uh, apart from saying that like everyone's life experience is super, super real. But underneath, I have this unwavering conviction that we are all free to, to make choices that are entirely our own. And... And I'm projecting a little bit of my specific purpose onto the podcast here because Abe has his own and our guests all have their own. But the point of the podcast is to is to take an hour at a time with each guest and to explore the through line of self-discovery and and the stepping into agency that I think many people go through. The, the idea of like, cool, I don't have to make choices that are dictated to me by like early on my, my parental figures and my caretakers um, or, or later on in life. Like I, I don't, I don't have to operate in a mindset that I am bound to something that feels unaligning. Right. Like I've talked to so many people who feel like they're on journeys of discovering who they are and of learning that they can make choices that reflect whoever that person actually is. So Empowered Genome Academy is a conversation series where we talk with people and learn about how that theme shows up in their lives, how they, how they evolve a sense of, of personal empowerment and how they figure out um, and kind of distill down who they actually are underneath everything and how they operate from that base. The idea being that as we have these conversations and as people hear them, they might hear things that resonate with parts of their own journey and give them a little bit more energy for their own process. Everyone's story is unique and different, but we gain light and inspiration from each other. And 
EHA is an exercise in that. Like for me, it's, I don't know, I, each conversation is deeply invigorating for me. Um, and our guests tend to feel that way also. Um, and the hope is that as people listen, they find things that remind them that they are themselves and that is good and okay. And it's okay to build a life based on who you actually are and not on anything else. I, I love this project a lot. So Empowered Human Academy. Thanks for asking. We'll definitely include a link to that in our show notes. Absolutely. Okay. So to round us out, to finish us up, we could talk all day. Let's talk about store shout outs. Store shout outs. Yeah. For you, Isaac, what's your store shout out? Totally. My store shout out is No Nasties. Go to nonasties.in. I learned about these folks um, because they're users of, of mine um, and of Mechanic. They they texted me on Slack a while back. They said, hey, we've been using Mechanic. It's wonderful. Can we, can we send you some shirts? And they did. And I immediately turned around and bought many more shirts because <laughs> what they make is wonderful. Um, organic, fair trade, vegan, carbon neutral, good to their people. Um, based out of India, um, I've I've spoken like I've had calls um, with their team or someone from their team. Um, they're just uh, uh, I, I use the word aligned a lot. Um, this feels like good aligned work, and I don't get to label anyone's experience that way. Um, but the part of me that resonates with this is a part of me that I like. So maybe I can say it that way. Um, no nasties. In wonderful clothing. Uh, I love like the material itself. I love what goes into the material, the process, the people, all of it. That's my plug. No nasties. In. I think I'm going to be doing some shopping today. Ah, uh, you won't regret it. They're so good. <laughs> Kelly, what about you? So my store that I'm shouting out today is called Chocolatel. Um, and for the longest time, I did not know how to pronounce it. But we recently did a remote chocolate tasting for our team. Uh, and they were super accommodating. So they're actually based here in Atlanta, which is why I was confused about the name because uh, if I, I'm, I'm showing the one of the bars of chocolates on the on my camera here, um, you can see that ATL is in a different color. And it just so happens to be based in Atlanta. That doesn't really mean anything else. <laughs> but uh, their chocolate is so good. Um, they work with co-ops. So everything, all the chocolate there, or the, the cacao beans and everything, it's all, you know, they, they literally visit the places and they meet the people. And it's just, it's just a really, really cool experience. And, but yeah, they were super accommodating for us. They shipped chocolate to Scotland. They shipped chocolate to Venezuela. So our remote employees could also join in on the fun. And I cannot recommend this chocolate enough. I just, I have three bars of it right now. I actually bought it two years ago for uh, client gifts as well because I wanted them to enjoy some of the chocolate too. It's just, it's so good. Cool. I highly recommend. Um, that is X-O-C-O-L-A-T-L chocolate.com. And that's why I did not know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Thank you for spelling it out. <laughs> Regan, what about you? Mine is TC. Espressa. I was gifted some of this recently. Tespressa, T-E-A-S-P-R-E-E-S-S-A.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. They have what I would just identify as, and I mean this with love, bougie tea stuff. So they've got, it's like organic tea, and then they've got Lux sugar cubes. So like, you, you know, do you want like a vanilla sugar cube in your tea? You can have that. Do you want toppings? Do you want your tea to have flowers floating in it? That can happen for you too. And do you want an elixir where you drop it in for more flavor? Yeah, you can have all of that at Tea Espressa. I got it as a gift. I'm obsessed with their brand now. 
everybody check it out. It's it's very extra, but it's like my kind of extra, so I'm really wonderful. Into it. <laughs> it sounds just like you. If I've learned anything from my husband, it's do not apologize for being extra. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good lesson to end on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have one final question for you. Where can we find you on the internet? Wow. Um, lightword.com is the place to start. Um, I like Abe and I maintain Instagram accounts. He's more active um, at Abe Lopez or at Isaac Bowen. Um, lightword.com is the place to start. And that's because most of what I'm learning as a person ends up in my company somehow. Um, we here, here's the thing to, to plug. Actually, um, we write a newsletter that comes out every, every Friday, every other Friday, um, lightword.com slash newsletter. Um, that is probably the best consistent source of that, which is Isaac on a regular drip basis. We don't use drip, but still. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be really funny if you did, but that's okay. I accept it. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah. You two are are wonderful. I'm excited to have like FaceTime with you two. Um, Dear listener, sorry you didn't get to be part of the video part. It was fun. Um, (laughs) You two are great. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. You can visit it at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts. Reviews make us very, very happy. Please. (laughs) Every time (laughs) I start talking, you're like, please. (laughs) (laughs) You can subscribe to commerce tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.